2: Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast, the emergency signing edition. I'm your host, Coop. Today we're here to talk about Shogo Akiyama and what that means for your Cincinnati Reds, or as my dad will probably pronounce it, Shuhu Akami. So we got some people here to talk about the signing, and uh, let's start with Branch. How are you doing tonight?
0: Uh, I'm in a really good mood. I'm, uh, I'm happy about the signing, so yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me.
2: No problem. Burmy. How are things?
3: Doing well, Coop. Always a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited. And, um, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to Ram.
2: Shout-out to Ram. We got Ken on tonight. Ken, how you doing?
4: I'm doing well, guys. Um, I'm intrigued about this signing. Um, I'm excited for it, and we'll get into that.
2: Well, and here's the thing. Polly. how are you this fine evening?
1: Here's the thing, Coop. Guess what? I'm doing well, thank you very much. And I'm excited about the signing as well. Can't wait to talk about it more. All right. All Cheers. Right, all right.
2: And last but not least, we got Ryan. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing
5: great. I'm doing great. First off, uh, shout out to uh, Chad Dodson. And uh, second of all, if you don't like the signing, you should uh, should go and fuck yourself.
2: Shout out to Phil. So <laughs> Shugo Akiyama. He's a 31. We'll, uh, I'm trying to do the math. He might be 32 sometime around opening day. or Yeah,
0: he'll be 32 in uh, yeah. April.
2: So he uh, yeah. is an outfielder uh, from the Cebu Lions over in the Japanese League. The first Japanese player to ever sign with Cincinnati Reds, or at least for the major leagues. I don't know if there's been any minor league players or not, but let's 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 take a little gander into the numbers here. Now, obviously, the Japanese league is a little bit below Major League Baseball. Some people say it's akin to AAA. Your mileage may vary, but his career slash, slash line, nine, nine years in the NPB, 301 batting average, 376 on-base which has me erect, and a slugging percentage of 454 career. These are his on-base percentages the last three years. 398, 403, and 392. Now, obviously, that's not going to 100% translate to Major League Baseball. But if he can even get on at like a 380, that's your leadoff hitter right there. Burmy, give me your Shogo thoughts.
3: My Shogo go thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it's on base of the 380 clip. Uh, that's going to be incredible. Um, I'm hoping anywhere above 360, and I still think he's the leadoff hitter. And... It's nice to have center field depth. I'm assuming he'll play on the corner outfield, which opens up some trade pieces. So uh, I know we'll dive into that as well. But I'm very excited for the signing. Um, it's very cool from a diversity standpoint, obviously, never having a Japanese player um, sign with the Reds. Very cool moment. And it's going to you know, open up an entirely new part of the fan base, um, you know, garner some more attention internationally, which is great, too. It brings in more money, which means more signings in the future. So I'm very excited to watch him, you know, play on the field and increase uh, the Reds' brand throughout the world. Ken?
4: His projections have been interesting. They've been all over the place. Anything from an 850 OPS um, to a um, 770 OPS. So he's going to be somewhere in the middle of that. Um, If he's 820, if he's above 800, um, I'll, I'll be pleased. That'll be a step up from... Um, from what they've had me the out in either center field, um, if he plays center field, it, it's a much bigger signing than if he has to play a corner. Um, he played center field in Japan, but on 32 year old legs, is he going to be able to play there now? Um, if he can play center field, that gives the Reds a whole lot more options, both on their current team and their ability and their ability to swing a deal. So this could just could just be one more domino in improving the team, or it could be, okay, here's R9, let's go.
2: Here's the thing, Polly.
1: I was trying to look up something, but here's the thing. How old was Ichiro when he came to the MLB? Does anyone know what those helped to opt their head?
2: I think he was around 28. I think was 27. 28, 27.
3: 20. 27. 20. Yeah.
1: 27. I, I, I feel like these guys hold up better, didn't, didn't. Uh,
3: I... Paulie, I completely agree with you. The fact that Ichiro was able to do it for so long, and Hideki yes. Matsui did it for so long, plenty of pitchers have come over in their 30s and pitched till they 40. You know, I agree with you, and I want to know what they're doing over in Japan to, you know, basically increase the longevity of the players uh, as opposed to what we're doing here because it's phenomenal. Like to me, when I and I don't mean to hijack this, but.
1: No, when, I saw, no,
3: when I saw he's 31 or 32 to me, I'm like, okay, so he's like a 27- or 28-year-old American player.
1: That's exactly. Because,
3: exactly. Yep, I, I had the same thought. Sorry.
1: No, you're fine. I, I also saw he had 12 stolen bases last year, too. If he's going to bat leadoff here, that's going to equate to maybe 30. And I'm a 30-stolen base guy big time, for sure. This is it was like off my radar, but it was on my radar, and I wasn't like very hopeful about this. Signing. And once I saw it, like that the Japanese tabloid the, from their their time, they told the future. It was awesome. It was one of the coolest things to like see that come up, fall apart on Twitter. Unlike you know when like Griffey got signed, like, it was just the news. You know, like we just heard the news told us it was like it was pretty awesome. ESPN, but you know we learned it like right away, and it was it was very more about as a player and as a person too. can't wait for the culture to change too right
5: well i mean uh i've been in since the word should go so um i jesus i've loved this guy (laughs) i have uh i've been a fan of him since they first announced he was going to be a free agent um i think you know back during was it the world series or maybe right after that i remember talking about him um as being a possible signing, so I'm very happy about this. Um, you know, I, I think he can stick in center if uh, you know they decide to do something else there. Um, but I mean, seeing him go maybe 2020 would be great um, for uh, for next season. Uh, maybe OPS over 800, that'd be I mean, fantastic. And uh, and Burmy, to expand you know on to expand on your point of those guys, you know, being more being able to play longer. Honestly, they just don't eat like shit growing up, which we do. And uh it's just a different culture as far as taking care of your For body. Sure sure. Yeah, taking care of your body and what you put into it and things of that nature. So
3: Can anybody look He's up the like of an
5: American man
3: versus a, a Japanese man?
2: Branch. <laughs> Branch go ahead. <laughs> <Mark>. We're not... <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really, really excited about this. I've uh I was stationed in Japan for six months, uh, in a former life. Um, I've actually watched a lot of baseball over there. Um, they, they play a little bit of a different style. Uh, one of the, one of the things for the longevity is they have red, red meat, but it's not, it's more of a celebration. There's a lot more seafood. It just It just is, you know, it's an island. Um, so that might have something to do with it. Plus the, the, the calisthenics and, um, Their workout procedures are pretty intense. Um, One of the things uh, that Philly was saying on the radio last Friday, I was telling you you guys some of it, uh, was talking about going over there. I think he went over there and played played in uh, Japan in 15. And um, he was talking about – and he was on the team with Shogo. And he said he'd never seen a better center fielder. And watching him work at being a good defensive center fielder pretty much explained why. He said he just he just works his guts out to be an elite defensive player. Like, has them hitting stuff that's gonna hit the gap hard, and he's trying to figure out how to run it down. He's known to play a shallow center field, um, so I think anywhere in Great American, he's gonna he's gonna be be fine to play. As it is Great American, the, out, the outfield's is not huge, and um, you know it's, it's really neat. I. I don't know what I, – I, I, there's so many ways you can do this lineup as it stands right now with him in it. I do think he'll probably be your main leadoff guy, um, especially against right-handed pitchers. Against lefties, you might see Senzel being leadoff. Um, base stealing will probably be there. That usually translates to more stolen bases in the U.S. As too in Japan where their base running game's a little bit different because they don't rely on power quite as much as the major league players do. Um, so I think it's going to be awesome. And he does hit to all fields and he gets on base. I mean, that on-base percentage, oh, my God. Uh, we need that. The Reds need that so bad. So bad. I'm so sick of solo shot home runs with nobody out there. I just am.
2: So I've pulled up from Baseball Prospectus their uh, scouting report for Akiyama. This is based on them seeing him over 15 times in the last three years. So they give him a 50-hit grade, 45-power grade, a 70-speed, 60-glove, and 60-arm. So, Wow, that's better than I would have expected. Right. <laughs> We've talked about where is he going to play. I Honestly, I think he plays center field. And that means either Senzel plays short or second with a little bit of moving around or Senzel is trade bait. Ken, your thoughts on what this means, where's he going to play? And does that mean Nick Senzel's in play for, say, a Lindor?
4: Um, I think a couple of options. One, if, if Shogo plays center field, um, then either Senzel moves to right, because Senzel's a better outfielder than, than Winker and Urban. Um, so I think he'll translate better. He's got a shortstop's arm and a third baseman's arm, so he's going to have a better arm in right field than 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 Winker or an Irvin. Or to your point, um, it was one of the rumors coming out when when the Reds were in play with with the Indians last week was that the Indians coveted Senzel. Um, I initially balked at that because I'm I'm not trading six years of Senzel for two years of Lindor with no other center fielder on the roster. Well, now this changes that dynamic a little bit. They now have another center fielder on the roster. Um, if the Indians are are out on Lux and May from the Dodgers and the Reds have said, yes, we're interested in, we think there's a match there with Senzel, but give us a couple of weeks to, to sign a center fielder or, or get a center fielder. Um, I think Nick and Dick are going to hedge their bets like that and not just vacate that position with no other options. Um, Winker played there in a pinch, but um, if you look shortstop and center field, there aren't anyone there isn't anyone else. Um, I think Senzel's a better trade bait than um, a Tyler Stevenson. I, I think the Reds think he's really, really close and he's the only other catcher in the system. They're very high on Stevenson. Um, I would trade Lodolo or Green um, or India before I would trade Stevenson. Um, to me, he's the number one p- prospect just due to position scarcity. I realize that Doug Gray or baseball perspective um, might disagree with that, but that's okay. Um, if this is a domino for Lindor, then I'm much more on board than I was 10, 15 days ago.
2: Here's the thing, Polly. What are your thoughts on what this means for Sinzel and any potential future moves?
1: Here's the thing. Can we give the nickname of Nick and Dick to, uh, as Nidick? <laughs> I like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sure. Yes. <I, laughs> you know, uh, up until about a couple of hours ago, I was all about, like, all right, here's, here's, they're in play. Her being played for Lindor, her being play for Lindor. But then I remembered, like, they can shuffle people right now in the infield, as is. Like, Galvis could be on the bench, Sinzel can be at second base, move Suarez to shortstop, and then have Moose at third base. And be perfect. But, I think the Reds are, are really working this shit this year. They're actually doing things right, and know that they want to win baseball. Or have a winning baseball team, at least. That's competitive. So, I think Senzel was probably our top trade, along with India and Lodolo. Um, I agree with you where they cannot trade Stevenson, and he is our top-rated prospect, depending on our scarcity of uh, position players, too. But I say go for Lindor. I mean, you got two years years with him. I love Nick Senzel, but I said this a couple times to a few people. The vertigo scares me. It's happened multiple times. He's been injured numerous of times throughout his career with wrist injury, finger injuries or or whatnot. It's every time he goes to Milwaukee, he gets that vertigo too. It's happened twice. I don't trust it. So let's, let's, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point about his, uh, his injury
2: history that, I mean, you're taking a risk that, you know, like you said, giving up six years of control, but how healthy is he going to be in those six years? So before we get to Ryan, who's going to be up next, our friend Jesse Byrne from Australia at JBSON1992, <laughs> he, uh, he asked a question. If this goes ahead, meaning the Shogo signing, can Oh No Coop please confirm whether he did Shogo and poop or not? I need to know. Yes, Jesse, I did poop. I did Shogo and poop. Thank you. Ryan, continue.
5: <laughs> oh, perfect, Jesse. Ah, I love that guy. Um, so uh, one one guy that you know everyone's focused on, but uh, you know, trading Sinzel for Carlos Correa works really well for both teams involved. Um, they can move, you know, Bregman over to shortstop and uh, put Senzel back at third base, and I think that I don't think they see much of a drop off, at least defensively. But uh,
4: I know they're in on,
5: on Lindor, but I just wanted to give another option as well. Um, personally, for me, I think I would I would I would most definitely now at this point I hit it at first, and but the more I thought about it, the more more I think I really like the idea of trading Sinzel, uh, maybe like a Tony Santion, and, and uh, like a Queen uh, you know a Kino for Lindor. Something like that. Um, I would. I think I would do that in a heartbeat now. Um, especially by signing uh, signing Shogo. Um, I would also uh, just me personally. I, I think I would. I think I would still go out and sign Asuna. I think I really would. Um, that's just me. I, I think I would still add another outfield bat. Make a trade for a shortstop, and uh, you know, and really push all in. My. That's just my opinion, though. Branch. Yeah, um, I I'm not
0: I do not think they're gonna they're gonna trade at this point right now. I don't I think that, I think we're getting too used to them making big moves. I honestly think they're probably done. Uh I don't know how it's gonna shake out. Um but yeah, moving Suarez over to short a possibility. Um, you know, he was a shortstop. He looked great at Red's fest. I mean he he slimmed down a little bit, lost a little bit of bulk. Um so I, I just I have no idea on that. I'm, it's going to be fun as hell to try to figure out and to watch what they do. And once the Reds start speaking about it, hopefully we'll have a lot more insight into it. Now, do I think they should trade Senzel? If they can get a top-tier shortstop such as Seager, Correa, Lindor, and he has to go. Well, Seager maybe not, uh, but the other two, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably do it. You know, but I'm I'm all about winning 2020 because I think they are going to go on strike in 2021. <laughs>
2: that, that's a a so. very good likelihood, if not a strike, a lockout,
4: a lockout. Yeah, that's what I really think. It's a work stoppage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in yeah. that's, that's an interesting point. Um, if you're willing to take that, then um, if you're going to take that dance, that increases the argument to go all in. Um, you trade anyone who hasn't made it to double A and you go for it now, Um, or even AAA. Um, How long a work stoppage is, there's way too much money floating around for there to be a prolonged work stoppage. Um, I can't imagine, I can see it going into the early part of of 2021, but as soon as they start missing missing TV contracts and missing uh, gate revenue, it won't be very long.
2: Burmy, your thoughts.
4: On the
3: subject of trading Nick Zell? it would have to be something like a Francisco Lador. It would have to be worth the return. Um, now, that being said, I am very willing to part ways with pitching prospects because there are no such things as pitching prospects. So, if they want to group a bunch of pitchers together and go out and do something else and play Shogo in wider left field and keep Sinzel in center field, and somehow get elite shorts up, that would be great, too. So I've to either option. Um, if it takes, you know, giving up Sinzo to get Frankie, then, I mean, absolutely go and do that. So to me, that would be a no-brainer. Um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, throw in as many pitching prospects as you want because at, at the end of the day, they're just prospects. And to me, pitching prospects don't exist. So they don't – you don't win – basically what I'm trying to say is you don't win a World Series –
2: Prospects. Somebody just pulled so, a cork. Right,
1: let, me get to the, let me get to the. His front. name is Francisco, and I did.
2: <laughs> I heard that mm-hmm. cork pull.
1: <laughs> Gosh Fr- darn Fr- His name is Francisco, not Frankie. Well, he's affectionately, as, he's affectionately known as. Frankie. All right,
2: Francisco.
5: I thought his name was Francie. <laughs> That's what old-timey <laughs> <the only> sports <laughs> <one he stores laughs> called.
3: Before, uh,
0: yeah, well, let's yeah. not use that
5: one. He he is affectionately known as
0: as Frankie in. You know, like Indian's world, but yeah. And I look so
3: at Columbus, family, yes, which yes. has a
2: lot of Indians fans. A lot of Steelers so, fans in Columbus, too. A uh,
3: lot, of, lot of Steelers fans in Columbus. You're not wrong, <laughs> fuckers. You know who you are.
2: Before we go on, I want to give out a couple shout-outs. Shout-out to Wu, who could not be on because he's on vacation. Uh, so enjoy the beach, you bastard. And uh, it's turning cold here. So also want to give a shout-out to Kev. Because he just has decided to abandon us. Shout out to Phil for cornholing himself out there in Iowa. And shout out to Callie for sponsoring the
1: podcast. Hello.
4: (laughs) I'd like to talk more about some of his comps. Some of Shogo's comps. What can Shogo do for the Reds? Um,
2: Why don't you go and talk about it?
4: Some of his comps compare uh, um, with the slash lines that that projections they range from Jason Hayward to Starling Marte. Um, if they got Starling Marte for three years and twenty some million dollars, that's a theft. Um, if they got, can Jason we talk Hayward about that for a, for a second? That, say again.
5: Can we talk about his contract for a second? That sure. contract is so low they can still they can still spend a shit ton of fucking money. Like they yeah, said we were gonna be wowed be. by their they said that we were gonna be wowed by their payroll. I'm still not wowed. I don't I think they've barely gotten where they were last year. So I don't I mean, you know all due respect to respect, I don't think they're done. Year. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. think they're done. I think there's still something else that's about to pop off. Oh, they're definitely
4: not done. Even with Chogo signing, they're still below last year's payroll. It puts him. Assuming he's going to make between five and six million this year, and then and then it goes up over over years two and three. Um, they'll still put. I'll below. be happy
0: about being wrong about them being done. I'll be very very happy about being wrong. Really happy about it.
4: But okay, they're done, Branch?
0: I think they probably are. Uh, on on, on, ma- on major ones, uh, yeah. I mean, I want to be wrong.
4: I just think they probably are. And I don't think they're willing it. to go into into. I think they want one more bat, whether it's a shortstop or an outfielder. They've given up on catcher. Yeah. They've solved first, I think second, be a reliever center,
0: center, and uh,
4: over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw a few million at random relievers, and some of them will, will stick. They probably need another one or two relievers, but to really contend, they need another bat. Um, let, I mean, and last that, so. left. his on base, uh, Shogo's on base is going to it's going to help so much. They, the Reds had three players, three regular players, with an on-base above three thirty. Um, Vado, Suarez, and Winker. Everyone else with a three thirty one or below. They really need someone to get on-base and, and disrupt the pitcher's ability to, um, to pitch out of the windup. They need to put pitchers in the stretch. Um, they need to get more fastballs. And with, with Shogo on-base, he'll get more fastballs. And the Reds can hit a fastball. Um, I think an on base 370, 375, 380 is going to drastically improve this lineup, especially when he leads off in front of Vado, Suarez, Moose, and another bat. They're not done. They're going to either I can see Ozuna or I can see a trade for a Seeger or a Lindor or, a, or Castellanos.
2: I'm interested to see if there's going to be like a out-of-left-field kind of trade. No intended. But maybe somebody who's not on the radar or mm-hmm. hasn't been talked about a lot. Because a lot of these big guys, I'm still not convinced that the Indians are actually going to trade Lindor. Because are you going to trade the best shortstop in baseball for what? I mean, you have to absolutely be overwhelmed. And prospect capital the way it is, I don't know if a lot of teams are going to just give the Indians their top three prospects for him. I just don't see it. In the, and the,
0: in, the trade doesn't change much between now and the deadline for Lindor.
2: Right. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's yeah.
0: So they can wait until the deadline, see where they're
5: at in the division and still make the trade. And it's going to be well, pretty much pretty close. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like if I'm an Indians fan and they only get, they get back since and maybe like two other pieces that aren't you know like let's say the trade let's try let's say the trade is like Sinzel, Santion and you know a, a, maybe let's say winker and another prospect i'm, think I'm happy with that like yeah, as an indian if i'm an indians fan like i i don't oh. think i don't know as an indians fan i don't think i'm happy with that like i want i want big names back for those for those big names i want, I want guys who were in the top ten or top five prospects that don't have injury histories, things like that, like a like wow. you know the Indians have or the, the Braves have. Danny Sunzelen, Christian Pache, Christian Pache, and you know a couple other uh, Drew Waters. That's another one. I'm trying to remember the prospects in my head now, but like, I mean, I think the Padres can beat that can beat that deal. The Braves can beat I that deal. Shortstop.
2: Right, I mean, yeah, they well, got, yeah. and they got Manny yeah, Machado.
5: They've talked about what they've talked about with the Padres, because the Padres have, have talked to them about him. About Tatis and center. They talked about Tatis and center, or moving Lindor to
4: second. So, so, let, let me get your I mean, reaction to this. This was tweeted at me, and
2: shout out to Laughed at, me. at
4: it. Um, the Reds would get Lindor, and the the Reds would give up. Senzel, Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan Indian, Tyler Malley. Uh, nope. That's as a Reds fan, as a Reds fan, I'm saying no. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, okay.
5: that's way that's too that's too much. Now, if Lindor had say, yeah. say three or four, probably, you know, three or four years of service time, absolutely. But okay, he, he doesn't. We'll he has, yeah, he has two seasons. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, the Indians they still got to get people in the fucking stadium, and them trading Lindor basically it's Brings out the white flag saying it's not going to happen. And they've got a prospect, uh, Tyler Freeman, I believe, is a shortstop who they like a lot. That if Lindor leaves, you know, leaves the agency, they can just grab a comp pick and insert that kid in the lineup and feel okay about
2: it.
1: So, what you're and saying like, and
5: then say, this is, training, training, say, this is small market it. baseball, you know?
2: Yeah. So, like, what you're saying is, you if you're the Indians, you want somebody to should go, you the money.
5: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but I mean, I, that's why I don't think Boots is going to be – I don't think Boots is going to be – or Boots, wow. I don't think Betts is going to be traded. I don't think Lindor is going to be traded. I just don't – I don't see it happening. So, I, I mean, I agree, though. I think, I think there's – if they're going to upgrade shortstop, it's going to be someone that we're not thinking about. And it's not going to be as big of an upgrade as, say, Lindor. It's going to be somebody that's in that just here below that they can get without giving up. Somebody without giving up too many prospects, like a Sinzel trade straight up for someone, that kind of deal. Story, story, um, story, no. story. Brendan, no. they could even they could pick up Brendan no. Rogers. Story has shortstop. awful
2: story home and road splits. splits. He yeah.
5: does, he does.
1: But uh, His Story's also injury prone, too. That's true. He's
5: been hurt yeah, well, yeah, he's had, yeah, he's had some injuries as well. But I mean, you yeah, know, he is a hell of a power hitting for, and shortstop yeah but they can trade for they can even do another prospect you know a guy who came up last year like you know the rockies have Brendan rogers um, I can't think of uh, many off the top of my head right now because I didn't prepare to talk about this it just kind of came up but uh you know they could even do a prospect for prospect type deal that but that, that still upgrades shortstop it's just you're basically you're getting the same amount of control but you know for a different position so I don't know it's just Something that came off the top of
2: my head. Burma, you've been quiet. Team. Jump in there.
3: Good job, Ryan. Thanks, buddy. Be <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm sure like proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to do my best fill impression, but I'm not watching my wife with another man right now.
4: Okay.
2: Wow. Um, Alrighty. <laughs> well, so, uh, so, do you think that the outfield market now is going to start? Picking up pace now that Shogo was gone and it's basically Castellanos, Ozuna and Puig left as the uh, top free agent outfielders. Is, I mean, does this kind of get that going?
3: They're all going to have to settle. They're all going to have to settle.
2: It, it depends. I think Ozuna and Castellanos are still going to get four or five year deals. Probably they around it, probably around 20 million a year. It's
3: like they're both going to go over 100 now.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now Puig is yeah. gonna to have to settle for a prove it deal again, probably. Yeah.
3: That's I think Puig's looking at like two for twenty five. That's huge. That's I've not seen anything that high for
2: him. I'm seeing like one I, I'm one, seeing, one for
0: twelve. I'm seeing one for twelve, yeah. One for twelve coming out. Okay. And I think I mean, the Donald Market is holding people up a little bit right now. Donaldson, the third base is still holding up some stuff. Because really he's the best hitter, best free agent hitter out there still. And it's holding it's holding things up a little bit.
2: Well, and you know, then there's it doesn't
0: really apply to us because we have third base. We're done. You know, we don't have to worry about it. We have three of them for God's sake.
2: Well, and then there's there's people who are saying that uh, Arenado is on the market, and I just don't, I don't really see that either.
0: They can't get crap for him. He's got an opt out. There's no fucking way. That's
2: the, that's the problem. Is he if he goes somewhere he doesn't like? But all right, yeah. Uh, you you're got not, two years.
0: You're yeah. your club,
3: it's stupid.
2: Basically, you're trading for two years of him. And, and at yeah. $30 million a year, so like $2 and 60
4: Yeah. you got to treat that. He's at $30. Like it's I think he's story, at $34.5 30 $35 million.
2: That's oh, is it it's higher than
4: $30?
5: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's well, like $70-some well, like 70, 70 million dollars a year or
3: something ridiculous like that.
2: wonder if he can play shortstop. Oh.
3: <laughs> I still no. have an elevator in Cincinnati. Man. Let's,
4: nice guy. Guys, let's, let's put a... Um, let's put a cap on the current. Galvis is the shortstop now. They're n- Suarez isn't going to play shortstop, and Cindell isn't going to play shortstop. If they could, they would have been there last year um, instead of Galvis. If the Reds thought anyone could play shortstop, they would have been there.
2: Yeah, I think. That... I also want to. No, go well, ahead. Mike
4: Mustakas can you. play shortstop.
2: Well, before Mustakas signed.
4: Holy
5: fuck.
2: Before Mustaka signed, then I could have seen uh, the possibility of Sinzel at at second. But uh, no, I I agree with Ken on that. I think Sinzel is either in center, in right, or on another team.
3: Moose at shortstop would have been the thickest shortstop since Onis Wagner.
1: (laughs) Damn, he's big boy! I put taller than (laughs) Wagner. Oh, my God. Who who Uh, had that queued up? That was perfect. By the way, damn, he's thick, boy. That's, that's <laughs> just me with my voice. With this, this voice yeah, that was
2: that was the pipes right there.
1: Your awkward <laughs> Ohio and Southern accent, you mean? <laughs> Speaking yeah, of basically, pipes. yeah.
2: Speaking of pipes, go ahead.
3: Um, I was gonna say that I think one thing that a lot of people don't want to hear or think about, but with Senzel's with Senzel's injury he's not going to have the, the power that he was showing at times last year with the, with the torn labrum. He, he's going to be more of a, of a contact, you know, singles-doubles guy this season in likelihood. And the reason I bring that up is I um, was talking to a gentleman, one of my clients, and he actually uh, is friends with the, Sen- the Senzel family based out of Tucson. And he played baseball at Dallas Baptist and a couple other different variables that have brought him and Senzel together, and, you know, he's rehabbing the, you know, his his injury and everything, but what he said is, you know, what this guy was telling me is most guys that come off this injury lack power to start off. So don't be surprised if he, you know, the power numbers aren't there and everyone's like, well, he's not slugging that high. Probably not going to initially. So
1: it's something I wanted to throw out there. I've always expected doubles and singles from him. Hang I on, I thought s- he was going to be a double singles machine.
2: Right, but hang on a second. I
1: don't know why we even care. He's going to
0: be the Cleveland shortstop.
2: Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on.
0: Damn, boy, he's thick. <laughs> ah,
5: that's a thick ass ball <laughs> Perfect. We now, we now have traps on this uh, podcast, ladies and gentlemen.
3: That was, all of no, that was all of us sitting in right field on opening day when Moustakas <laughs> gets over
2: against Wright and Dinner. <laughs> so why don't we move on to the...
3: He's
1: <laughs> a thick-ass dog. All
2: right, why don't we move on to the uh, Corn, Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. It is an m- emergency podcast, but we still got time to do a little Biggest Dick of the Week. And I'm going to go first. And my Cornhog of the Week are the insane Ohio State fans who think there's a big conspiracy between ESPN and the SEC and they're controlling how these playoff games are going. Just shut the fuck up. You lost. Deal with it. It happens. Burmy, your cornhole week.
3: Yeah, I mean, don't be insane and think that there's like some deep brooded thing. Does the ESPN, does ESPN jerk off the SEC? Sure. That's pretty obvious. But, yeah, there's not a big conspiracy to rig football games off, so please let that go. Um, but as a Buckeye fan, my court hog of the week are the SEC officials that deemed the scoop and score in the semifinal game against Clemson to be an equally pass. That was an atrocious overturn. I don't know who saw what to make that make that call and determine that that was indisputable video evidence. But that person can fuck themselves for the mood I've been in for the last two days. Uh, and we will probably continue to be in for some time. So, yeah, SEC officials, fuck off.
2: Branch, you're a Cornhog of the Week.
0: Uh, well, it's a Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week, so I'm going to go with another person that sucks at doing their damn job. Paul Daughtry. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, P. Duck. Uh,
0: that that frickin Hall of Fame ballot, holy, holy shit! He's so bad. I mean, he just—I just don't understand how you can be so damn bad at your job and still keep your damn job. I just, oh, a sports writer. I mean, that's with the shit. But yeah, speed doc.
2: Ken, your your Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhole of the Week.
4: I'm gonna go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins went from needing a quarterback, and. Losing the last two games to get the number one pick, to now they have the fifth pick, with three other teams in front of them: um, the Reds, or Bengals, Redskins, and Lions.
2: Um, Giants too.
4: And, and the Giants. Um, I think the Giants like Daniel Jones, but
2: yeah, yeah, um, well, yeah. Who need a court? You
4: yeah. had one job. Um, lose to the Patriots. Everyone does that. Um, but nope, he go got in the way and. He, now, he's a now fucking he's gonna, legend.
3: He's forcing them to play on Wild Card Weekend. He's a legend. He did everybody a oh. favor. Oh, I hate the Patriots.
4: But He's giving them more the Dolph- chances to lose. You know there's part of the Dolphins' uh, front office that's pissed.
2: They'll just trade for Jameis. It'll be fine.
3: Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 30, wait, wait, hold on. 30-30. This,
1: this is a baseball is podcast,
3: and so we didn't season. mention the 30-30.
1: his title. Passing title,
2: bitches. 30 30, though. He's the first 30 30 quarterback. He's,
1: hey, 5,100 passing yards, dude. 30 dude, interceptions. He threw 30 interceptions?
3: Yeah,
2: he threw 30 touchdowns and 30, to 30. interceptions.
4: 30. Is that a record? Oh, my God.
2: I don't know if it's a record.
1: That is a record. That was easy.
4: It's a record. No, it's, never no, been it's, a record. it's never been done before. No,
2: I mean, I mean total number of interceptions. I don't know if that's the record. The 30 interceptions I think there's Somebody's had more
5: That's like two a game Holy Basically Nathan Peterman's Entire stat line
2: (laughs) So Here's the thing Polly. You're a corn hog of the week
1: Here's the thing I have two But quickly One is New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve It's the Most like Most made up day In the Mm -hmm. history Of the world All right.
2: Outside of uh, Valentine's Day Yeah
1: Valentine's Day, yes, exactly. Also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and my my corn hog of I'd say the last three months, month, you know, the last two years of my life is Willie Taggart. He's he, <laughs> in twenty-one days, twenty-two days. Mike Norville Norvell, Norvell, has changed a changed a culture in Florida State, and they had two players that were going to be top two, top one or two round draft picks they make him come back this year. It, it, he like talked to him, Marvin Wilson, and, and um, scary wide receiver. And it's un- unbelievable what he's done. Willie Taggart, you're a corn hog and a fucking half man. I hate
2: you. <laughs> half man. Shout out to Free Shoes University. Ryan, you're a corn hog of the week.
3: <laughs> Sing?
5: <laughs> Dabo Sweeney right, is the yeah. biggest fucking with an extremely oh. punchable fucking face and fucking words out of his mouth. I fucking hate that son of a bitch. I fucking hate him. Oh. He is my... Aw, oh, shucks. Brother. Oh shucks.
2: I mean... I just want
5: to I just want to fucking, like, piss on his fucking rug. I hate that motherfucker.
1: Like, I just can't... Oh. oh, shucks. Ryan, Ryan, he'll baptize you then, man. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I fucking
5: hate that. He'll so so kill, kill you with goodness. kindness. This fucking kill you with kindness. To the church of bullshit... Oh God, he's the fucking worst.
2: Okay, I think Clemson's
1: going to go down for something big, boys. Something Clemson's going to go down for something big. Trust me.
2: I think that will be our fourth nominee, the Dabo Sweeney, because Ryan used some language that we might have to cut because I don't know if we can have that word on the podcast. So much for not (laughs) not having to do much uh, editing. But uh,
3: breaking news: Ryan is now British. Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> so, I'll wrap up this edition of the podcast.
0: I'm crying.
2: <laughs> Go around the room here and uh, get everybody's final thoughts. And let's start with you, Branch.
0: Uh don't mind I
3: Mister Chavo. I'm glad you're coming. Happy about it,
2: Burma. Your final thoughts.
3: How long do you guys think it takes for Joey Vada to become best friends with him? <laughs>
1: They already are. They already are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're already there.
2: You can't sing. It's
1: a pretty good voice.
3: Ken. Don't fucking do that (laughs) anymore.
2: Ken, your final
3: thoughts. (laughs) I don't know if you guys can tell this, but I lost my voice.
2: You lost my respect, too. Oh,
3: wow. (laughs) Coming coming from the guy that openly admitted his shit at work today. Yeah, I did. Real nice. Yeah, real nice. Well, we know what you did in Epcot. You probably shouldn't shit at work. Really. <laughs> All right,
2: <laughs> Ken, your final <laughs> thoughts.
3: We broke Ken.
2: Yeah, we broke Ken. <laughs> well, why don't we just yeah. come back then? Uh, uh, here's the thing, Polly.
1: <laughs> here's the thing. I'm living a dream. I'm excited for this red season. I hope everyone else is. Happy New Years. <laughs> Happy New Years, Polly.
2: <laughs> Ryan your final thoughts
1: well
5: uh, I love the Togo Akiyama signing I think it's fantastic and uh, everyone should go and uh, drive down to South Carolina go to Clemson and just scream outside of Dabo's office thank you
4: can you hear me now
2: yes Ken give us your final thoughts
4: Okay. Shout out to at Danny Vietti, V I E T T I. He just retweeted an epic bat from Shogo. Um, I don't know when it was from, but it's the pan am Going Korea. to look now. And um, it's pretty sweet. Uh, D A N N Y V I E <clears> T T <throat> I. So thanks for brightening my ears, Danny.
2: For my final thoughts, I just want to give a shout out to the sponsor, the Cincy Sports Gallery. Go there for all your Shogo Akiyami needs soon. Anyway,
4: everyone, show go there.
2: Sorry. Oh, it was just the perfect podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> for Burmian Branch and Polly and Ken and Ryan, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later.
0: Cincinnati, Ohio. Mixer and mine, and the way it's for me I know. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio.